Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee. The opening bell brought to you by SEI. Imagine when cognitive computing shapes the experience you create for your investors. See how SEI's global operating platform can be your catalyst for business intelligence at SEIC.com slash imagine. Stocks lower at the open. The S&P 500 down four-tenths percent or about nine points to 2054. Dow Jones Industrial Average down three-tenths percent or 59 points to 17,691. The Nasdaq's down six-tenths percent or 27 points to 47.35. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd. They yield 1.79%. Yield on the two-year 0.74%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.8% or 78 cents to 44.43 a barrel. COMEX gold down three tenths percent or four dollars to 12.8780 an ounce. The euro a dollar 14.98. The yen 106.55. Tom and Mike. So much. We begin three days of coverage of the American labor economy, the challenges of the ADP report uh, earlier with markets moving a, a little bit. Don't want to overplay uh, that. We go on to the jobs report. Jim Glassman and Bill Gross will join us on Friday. Right now, we are thrilled to bring you Michael Nathanson. He has just been on the Time Warner call working with Moffat Nathanson. Uh, just, uh, uh, Michael, what an interesting time to speak to you. Your latest note, states the obvious, but there's terrific nuance of the takeover of our world by Google and Facebook. Is it a good thing for the consumers of product that Google and Facebook own the high ground on revenue growth in the media? That's a good question, Tom. Good morning. I It's, it's a good thing in terms of ease of product transition and ease of use. I'm not sure if it's a good thing long-term for their competitors because the two of them we we wrote have formed a digital Mm -hmm. duopoly. You know, they're just massive share gainers of digital advertising. i got to make some news right here. Terrific research. Again, folks, we protect the copyright of our analysts. We will not send you out the Moffitt-Nathanson piece. What I do want to know is Twitter's nowhere. Who buys Twitter? I don't think anyone buys Twitter anytime soon. Um, yeah, as you've seen in Internet land, when these fallen angels start to fall, they, they really, they really decelerate, right? So look at the valuations you've seen for Yahoo and AOL. I don't think anyone rushes in right now and buys Twitter. Um, and that's, that's part of why the stock is falling, right? Because you've seen, you've seen these others, other fallen angels play out. It takes a long time to hit a bottom. You can't talk about Twitter though without asking how the National Football League on Twitter is going to play out for them. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we would have thought that that deal could have gone to Google, YouTube, or Facebook. Um, you know, there's not a lot of economic transact, you know, benefit to Twitter. There's not a lot of money trading hands to for Twitter, but it probably is good to build awareness to try to get some users on the platform who've never tried it. So it's a, it's a good way to to try to build monthly engagement, and we'll see what happens. But it, it, it's a good attempt, I'd say, and you probably would agree because you're you're a football fan. <laughs> well, and and I do use Twitter not all that much, but the question is, you know, is is that something, that contract, something when you say people won't buy Twitter, uh, is that contract something people might want? It's you know, longer term, I would say to you, I think that, that contract will will be negotiated by you know by all online players. Like the deal that was offered to Twitter 
wasn't that attractive financially to to anyone. So Google and Facebook didn't jump at it. But if there was an open negotiation for a long-term set of rights, that's going to happen, you know, 2022 and beyond. That's going to be interesting to watch. So we have some time there. But I think everyone wants the NFL rights, and they can actually get the rights to monetize. Michael Nathanson with us, Moffat Nathanson, as we look at the media. Michael, I, I look at page 12 of your report where you go across the industry's TV, Internet, radio, newspapers, magazines, outdoor. Let me ask an embarrassing question. I get the revenue dynamics. I get the market shares. Does anybody look at these ads? Yeah, which on online? Anywhere. Or- <laughs> We're drowning in ads. I mean, it's like all of our media is like, Mike, what is it, that football player? It's got every single advertising on their jersey. Aren't we drowning in imaging and branding and all the other stuff that we're confronted with every day? This question well, brought to you by. No, I, I, I just well, wonder. Do you know what? You're starting to see companies reduce their ad loads on television. So you've heard Time Warner say it, Viacom. Saturday Night Live, this new season, is going to reduce their commercial loads. So you're on to something, which is we're, we're probably overwhelmed with a number of commercials in any given pod and any given media. And I think you will start seeing people t- you know, turning back on the commercial loads they've added, right, because we've all grown used to commercial avoidance. And it's a great question. And I think where that plays longer term for your investors out there is, you know, we've always liked Disney and Fox and Time Warner because of live sports and live news, right? The idea is I'm going to watch commercials during live, live radio. So if you can basically put me into a live environment where I can't fast-forward commercial skip, there's going to be more value in that environment, right? So that's how we've always seen this as an investor. But you're right. There's just too much commercial impact. Okay, so but you're you're predicting three years out, four years out, five years out, we're going to be confronted by less noise. We're going to be confirmed by less noise. Well, there's going to be less channels, too, by the way. The, it, uh, because people cut the cord and then uh, they don't buy the, the lesser channels. Right, because what you're seeing with, like, the innovation around a, a Hulu product or Sling is just, you know, 30 to 40 channels, right? So you're going to have, you're going to have packages with less channels, and that clutter is going to feel less than mm-hmm. what it does today. There goes the John Tucker woodworking channel. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Never. Michael, well, I, I want to bring up this thesis. Mike, excuse me, do you want to jump in here, Michael? McKean? Well, I just want to, to, to take that to uh, digital and ask if, uh, you know, we're seeing apps now that block ads on digital. How does that, how does this uh, clutter affect what happens with Alphabet slash Google slash Facebook? Okay. So when it comes to digital, you would say the search product is is a solution, right? Because that's where you, the consumer, is choosing to look for something, right? So search becomes more valuable because if we're all blocking commercials, the fact that you want to go away to Aruba this Christmas and you search for a hotel, there's value in that search. So search itself will remain valuable, increasing value. When it comes to Facebook, what they're what they're trying to innovate is, look, can we take Facebook data, can we understand who you are, and deliver you a message that's going to be more um, suitable, more mm-hmm. more targeted to you, because we know through your login data that it's you versus Tom. So they have an advantage on data, and I think they're going to use that advantage longer term. For the rest of the long tail in digital, with ad blocking and bots and all kinds of fraud, that's going to be a harder business for the long tail 
And that's that's why Facebook and Google yeah. are winning, right? They have a different proposition right now. I want to come back on digital and some of the trends, but first of all, Michael Nathanson, do you have a single best buy now, somebody that's executing three, four, five years out for good shareholder return? Well, I, you know, we have three in, – in media land, we have three. We have Fox, Disney, and Time Warner. They're all diversified conglomerates. They own studio assets, like international footprints. Where they have cable networks or broadcast networks, they have a lot of sports, a lot of news. So those are the three companies that we think on a long-term view. We did a note this week, Tom, on ROIC. If you look at the returns on capital for those three companies, they've done mm-hmm. a great job managing portfolio. In digital land, it's Google and Facebook, which is consensus, I get. But consensus is right. So, I mean, I think you go with scale in media, scale in, in digital, and look at programming assets. And, and those companies have really good positions right now. Let's come back. My, uh, Michael Nathanson, we're this working with Craig Moffat at Moffat Nathanson. I want to come back and talk about what we actually do day to day, night to night, as John Tucker binge watches between the Woodworking Network and the Wooden Sailboat Network. Do I have that right? Uh, you know what? You're not too far off the mark. Those actually exist. He makes the thrones for you. John Tucker, <laughs> digital consumer. We'll be back. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Obama will be in Flint, Michigan today. The city has been under a crisis when lead was found in its drinking water. The president will receive a briefing on Flint's water supply during a visit to a local food bank. The president will also speak to a crowd at a high school. Defense Secretary Ash Carter says the war against the Islamic State is far from over. Carter speaking at a meeting with coalition partners today in Stuttgart, Germany says that the death of a Navy SEAL in Iraq yesterday at the hands of the Islamic State is evidence that the fight remains. American service member, Petty Officer First Class Charles Keating, a Navy SEAL, was killed while providing advice and assistance for the Peshmerga forces north of Mosul, who were directly in the fight. Keating is the grandson of the late financier Charles Keating, Jr., who was involved in the savings and loan scandal in the 1980s. It's looking clearer that it will be Donald Trump against Hillary Clinton in the fall general election. Trump won Indiana's Republican primary, and shortly after Ted Cruz dropped out of the race, Bernie Sanders won the Democratic primary in Indiana, but remains far behind frontrunner Hillary Clinton. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Mike Labar. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. The Dow, negative 126, S&P, negative 14, the VIX, 16.51. Coming up, Michael Nathanson of Moffat Nathanson. No, not winter is coming. All digital is coming. We'll talk about the new ways we will consume media. We'll do that next. And stay with Bloomberg Radio. We've got some big economic data coming out at 10 o'clock on the Bloomberg Advantage. ISM non-manufacturing numbers, factory orders, and durable goods. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. U.S. stocks lower with the S&P 500 on pace to hold at a three-week low amid lingering concerns that tepid global growth will weigh on the U.S. economy. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The S&P 500 down 7 tenths percent or 14 points to 2049. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 7 tenths percent or 123 points to 17,627. The Nasdaq's down 7 tenths percent or 32 points to 4730. 10-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield 1.79 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.74 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.5 percent or $1.09 to 44.74 a barrel. COMEX gold down 2 tenths percent or $2.40 at 1289.50 an ounce. The euro $1.50 1510, the yen 106.62. Time Warner posting first quarter earnings that far surpassed analyst estimates, proving there's still plenty of life in the old model of using live sports to squeeze more revenue out of cable and satellite distributors. Its shares up about 3% this morning. Intercontinental Exchange said it decided against making an offer for London Stock Exchange Group, clearing the way for Deutsche Bourse to combine with the British Exchange in a deal that would create the biggest operator in Europe. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. The Dow negative 112, the VIX 16.46. We continue with Michael Nathanson working with Moffat Nathanson on media. Michael, what I've noticed is a, a nuance or migration to all digital. As an amateur, I would suggest HBO is apologizing the least for saying, we're going to be all digital, we're here for you all digital, we don't care what you want, you want all digital, we're going to give you all digital. When does the rest of the industry catch up with that all digital attitude? You know, Tom, you're right. Part of the problem has been getting rights to be all digital. So HBO and people like ESPN own all the rights to to all their shows. They're able to move digitally with you, the consumer. The process right now is going back and trying to get rights. I think in the next couple of years, HBO's strategy is going to be replicated. CBS is doing it. Showtime is doing it. That's going to be the way that we're going to serve you content. We don't care where you see it as long as it's our branded content across any device. But the blockage has been rights, and the rights are now kind of working their way through through negotiations, basically. How, how much longer do they want to depend on rights and just come up with their own stuff? Well, that well, even when you make your own stuff, so like, you know, HBO's an advantage, show is showtime. They, they make their own shows. They own their own rights. You're starting to see more and more networks make their own shows. You know, AMC's doing it. Um, Epix is doing it. Where basically you own the rights, and therefore you don't really have to go and get approval from studios. So that's part of what's been happening. You know, and Netflix has led the way in that. Just basically let me own my, my own shows. I don't need other people's approvals. So that's part of how... This rights, this rights issue is being worked out, which is I'm going to go make my own shows, ignore, ignore the rights I need to get from other people at this point. Right, but but this is this is a nuanced. I said this to you guys when I was last on. The world's dynamic, and what you're seeing happening is people realize that consumers are shifting behavior, and we need to serve people in those verticals, uh, you know, where they are. We need to give them content where they want to see it. That's just that's just working itself out. Well, here's an interesting question. Tom asked you about who was executing well. Uh, who's going to be the next to adapt to that, to this world you're talking about? What might we see from somebody that we're not expecting? 
Well, that's a great question. You know, will you see a Google, a Facebook, Apple rumored last year, uh, Amazon being moving into the dis, you know distribution business, looking like a virtual, you know, Comcast or Directv mm-hmm. over the web? You've seen Sling do it from Dish, but will you start seeing bigger and bigger uh, players getting into this business? Right, that's going to be interesting, and that could really unleash, um, you know, what Tom is asking about, kind of the digitalization of TV content. That, to me, is the story for this year, possibly. You know, we're going to see more players coming in to distribution. We talked earlier about is there too much ad product. Is there just too much programming? I've read a few articles on this. Aren't we drowning in drama, drowning in comedy? What are there, Mike, like 47 Game of Thrones clones out there now? Yeah, well, you know what? Fox, the guys at, at FX have this great stat that the number of scripted shows across the ecosystem has, has grown from 211 in 09 to over 409 last year. So doubling. So doubling in five, six years, and no one's doubling the number of hours they're watching TV, right? So there has to be some type of consolidation, right? That's, I think, what you know, what you're seeing at Sling is, I don't need 100 channels. Let me just pick my top 20 or 30. Those will be sports and news and scripted. But there's too much scripted content out there, and the economics and scripted are going to go down uh, in time. And that's just common sense, right? So there needs to be a, a consolidation of those channels. Well, then, uh, what kind of uh, – where does everybody else go? Do we do they go out of business or do we find some other uh, platform to distribute the stuff that is now on cable? Well, I think you will see in the next four or five years, you know, the core 30 to 40 channels, including broadcast, get stronger. And the fringes would will be forced to go to either, you know, to do distribute on their own, a YouTube partnership. So I think the strong gets stronger. And then the economics work against the people who are just trying to, to hold on. You know, we, as, as you guys know, in the news business, some of your competitors like Al Jazeera have left the news business, right? That's going to happen. Right? People just will say the economics don't work in trying to build a, a product that competes with Bloomberg or CNBC. And that's just going to happen. Do we see people podcast TV shows? And, and I don't mean, you know, the podcasts as we think of them now, but dramas, uh, things like that. The economics will be really hard, right? Because you can't compete with a three or four million dollar show on CBS or HBO. It's just going to be hard. Um, so the economics will work against small scale content manufacturers and distributors. Do we still do the younger generation want the dramas that everybody talks about? I mean, are the millennials going to be into a Game of Thrones ten years from now? The millennials. What we see is this: millennials are going to watch television on their own terms, the way that Tom is describing it. You know, they may not be slaves to four hours of, of linear TV anymore, but if you look at Netflix's success, their penetration is greatest among younger homes, wealthier homes, more educated homes, right? So they've tapped into a product, a streaming product, that just fits what people's needs are. And so I would argue, again, we're going to, we're going to change the distribution me- methods, we're going to lose some of the fringe shows, but I think mm-hmm. people will still consume content on their own terms, and it's going to be streaming if that's what people choose to do. Very valuable. Well, Michael Nathanson, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it with Moffat Nathanson as we look at the media wars, as we consume it 
and some of us uh, live it as well. Negative 100 on the market earlier, now negative 80, a little bit of improvement in the tape at 9.54. Uh, uh, Michael, the economic data, what sticks out to you? I mean, ADP was a little soggy, a little bit market moving. Yeah, ADP is what people are uh, talking about today, although some people pointing to the unit labor cost rise and suggesting it just you know, mm-hmm. puts a little pressure on the uh, on, on the inflation concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, factory orders and uh, uh uh, yeah. the, the non-manufacturing ISM. We'll, we'll look for, uh, at 10 o'clock, look for the employment part of the ISM non-manufacturing okay. index because that will uh, either contribute to or take away from the feelings about ADP. Okay, well, very good. The Tonys yesterday, we had a lot of fun doing that with uh, the head of the Actors' Equity Association. Uh, now joining us, she's working with Cynthia Arrivo, Jennifer Hudson, and Danielle Brooks in the color radio. Her name is Carol Master. She's at the Paramount Hotel with the star of The Crucible, Corey Johnson. <laughs> what are you guys doing besides getting good lunch? Well, let me set the scene. Here we are at the Paramount, uh, Tom. And, you know, everybody who was nominated yesterday, they're just walking the red carpet. This is their first opportunity to talk with the press. So we are surrounded by, you know, everybody and anybody uh, who's on Broadway right now. And, of course, you of course, know. Of course, anybody in acting is on Broadway right now. So. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, though, has got to be, you know, the most coveted yeah. star of the night. You know, Hamilton, what was it? History 16 Tony nominations. They won for best uh, shortest line in the bathrooms. They won for uh, <laughs> uh, uh, fastest Drink orders. Easiest ticket uh, to get on yes. Broadway? Oh, no, they didn't get for that one. Um, so really fascinating, and we're hoping to uh, and planning to talk to you know various individuals. Jeff Daniels, Gabriel Byrne, Frank Langella, um, all of them. Steve Martin is here as well. So uh, it's just a pretty cool event. And uh, like I said, Hamilton, we're just hoping, Corey, that we can score a ticket maybe. Uh, yes, that's, that's, I think that's on the mind of everyone in New York and beyond is trying to get those tickets. Yeah, right, guys, the, the idea of drama uh, and uh, the musicals as well moving forward, as we heard yesterday uh, from Pete Scheibel, uh, an exceptionally strong year for Broadway. Carol Masser, Corey Johnson next, uh, giving you the spirit of Midtown Manhattan. They do that from 46th Street, West 46th Street, in the Paramount Hotel, which is which is which has become, over, what, 20-plus years, iconic Michael McKee with Midtown Manhattan. This was an interesting show. Yeah. I'm going to go try the woodworking channel tonight. Become the second viewer. (laughs) John Tucker makes thrones for Game of Thrones. You would be surprised at the number of... I'm not even going to try to argue with you. Okay. (laughs) Stop. It's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. It's Bloomberg Star Wars Day.